0: Hey everyone, and welcome back to Any Crack, with me, Shannon Callahan. Hey everyone, today's episode is going to be a bit different. I know I've been away for a while, um, but I'm coming back for a very specific reason and kind of specific timing. So a lot of my content thus far has been more about my life in Ireland as an American, and I do get asked frequently here about things happening in the U.S., but I haven't really talked much about that sort of thing on the pod. For today's episode, as it is very topical, I am going to delve into how I got here financially. Though the cost of education is significantly lower here, I did have to take out U.S. student loans to afford my master's degree. I'm going to talk about student loan debt for today's episode. I'll share my story, as it's the one I know best, um, but I'll try to give some background information as well. I certainly have my own opinions on this issue as it relates to, you know, America. I think it's a very American problem, um, and I think the pandemic has really exacerbated a lot of the problems within the concept and structure of student loans so I'll share some calls to action and provide links for learning more in the description box for the episode as well if you are curious about taking things further and learning more as always remember that this is me sharing my story my experience but there are so many more stories out there to learn about I think adding these stories to the way we talk about student loan debt as a problem is critically important to recognizing this as an issue that actually impacts everyone and not just those who have accumulated the debt. I suppose, firstly, why did I need to take out student loans to go to school in Ireland? Though Ireland does have reduced cost systems for higher education, it does have qualifiers as well. As I am not an EU passport holder, I was not eligible for any reduced fees or fee waivers for my education, so my course was charged at the full fee of €20,500 or dollars. I actually can't remember which it was. But anyway, it's worth saying the other master's programs I was looking to like looking into were priced at upwards of fifty thousand us dollars a year um and the programs were two years duration as opposed to the one-year program i completed at trinity so ultimately i think fees really impacted my education choice which happened in my undergrad decision making as well i was really interested in the program that i did at trinity so like i'm happy with my choice but i'd be lying if i said finances weren't also a factor in my decision making the next thing I want to explain are the kinds of loans that I have so I needed the 20500 for course fees but I also chose to take out an additional loan to help me with spending money while in Dublin. This was a decision of several factors. Firstly, I wasn't sure how intensive my program was going to be and I didn't want to have to get a job that might impact my ability to complete my studies. Secondly, with the student permission that I was on, I would have only been legally allowed to work 20 hours per week when school was in session and I worried about being limited by how much money I could earn in those hours and whether or not it would be enough to live on. So I took out an additional $12,000 in loan loan money to live on. These were federal loans. I believe they're called plus loans or grad plus loans, I think. Um, My accommodation, it should be said, was paid for outside of federal loans and will be paid back outside of any sort of formal loan structure. So yeah, all in all, I initially owed the government 32500 of course, with loan interest, I now owe approximately $35,000 in student loans. So, not the worst, not the most, and uh, not the least. And that's kind of the basic summary of my student loan situation. So, when the pandemic caused all of those global lockdowns, um... I was just coming to the end of the grace period before loans started. So with federal loans, you get a six month grace period after you complete your studies before you have to begin paying them back. Some loans accrue interest within that time, some loans do not. If I remember correctly, mine uh, did accrue interest during that time. I think I paid, made my first loan payment like a week before the pause on payments was put into effect. Which was March 2020. Essentially, I have paid back like four hundred dollars in in loan in loans thus far. So I've put myself on the ten-year repayment plan as I was really hopeful that I would secure a job that would allow for the that kind of repayment schedule, which is kind of the quickest that they offer um, out of their kind of standard plans. However, with the pandemic, that future has not been certain and still isn't certain the payment pause has meant that I have not made a single payment when lockdown or since lockdown began um it with the payment I haven't worried about making payments you know in the past two years just kind of when the (laughs) I worry when the time the pause is potentially coming to an end and there hasn't been a decision Um, but in general like I don't worry about it and I haven't accrued any further interest with the the payment pause. I was working in a bar when the lockdown began and for most of the pandemic so I can say with certainty that the pause on payments has made my life livable over the past two years, because I didn't have to be putting money towards that. Um, I likely would have defaulted on my loans, if not for the pause. And I think that's just important to say to recognize, you know, the situations that various people were put in during the pandemic. That brings us to the present, where the end date for the payment pause is looming ever closer, which it's like a week away, I think, from recording this. Though I have found stable work that will hopefully allow for my time in Ireland to be extended, the cost of living and inflation have all but decimated my ability to save money, and I am still at risk of not being able to afford my loan repayments at the rate I was hoping to, if at all. It might sound dramatic and in a sense it is but the reality is that I'm not alone and the fear that I have over being able to make payment is not just mine. The student debt crisis has been a hot topic for far too long with far too little done about it. Some expansion has been made to provide loan forgiveness um, but there are still about 43 million people with student student loan debt totaling approximately 1.7 trillion dollars. It for me, it's one of the great American tragedies setting up a workforce system that values higher education and so-called skilled labor over every other kind of labor so that people elect to seek you know, this higher education and these skills in mass. And then you incentivize profits and higher costs of, of everything <laughs> while assuring people that the value of the education they received is still there. Meanwhile, wages have remained stagnant um, and the sacrifices required to get this education are far greater than the benefits, in my opinion. Um, so for me, something's got to give. And the first step to understanding why that is has been learning a bit more about it. So I think certainly the way that we get involved in causes is by caring (laughs) having some sort of personal incentive that was the case for this one for me um it shouldn't be how we always come to care about things but sometimes we just need that personal in. so that's why I'm kind of choosing to to share my story a bit but I think to continue on I'm going to answer a few sort of common questions that you might have about student loan debt if you are unfamiliar or perhaps these are questions that people ask you when you've spoken about the importance of eliminating or forgiving student loan debt um, firstly like why is debt increasing um, I think most simply The cost of tuition has risen without an equivalent rise in people's income secondly the reality is that 75 percent of people with student loan debt have only taken out loans for two to four year colleges which can be broken down into a rise in lower and middle income families sending more people to college to seek that higher education to get those quote unquote better jobs Further, loans are more broadly available due to changes in federal law over the past few decades, like the ability for parents to borrow and the lifting of debt ceilings and income limits for taking out loans. Parents are borrowing more to put their kids through school, so their borrowing rates alone have more than tripled in the past 25 years. For the 25% of people who are taking out new loans for grad school, The amount that they are borrowing for grad school has risen 110% to an average of about $24,000. And lastly, but certainly, you know, I don't think this list is exhaustive, but people borrowing money to attend for-profit schools has increased, which means that more people are graduating from for-profit schools, which cost more than public schools. Next question, kind of why should non-loan people care about this increase in student loan debt? For me, like I've learned for years, it has been believed that student loan programs would actually be profitable long-term. However, according to the Congressional Budget Office, this program will actually come to cost taxpayers an estimated $31 billion for new loans issued in the coming decades According to an article on brookings.edu titled who owes all that student debt and who would benefit if it were forgiven, they estimate how much student loan, the student loan program will cost taxpayers. Some estimates could actually be as high as $307 billion. So reducing the debt accumulated through this current structure could stand to benefit those who don't even have loans in the long run. What we see with all of this debt as well is a generation that is more highly educated than any previously, yet with an inability to afford homes. It's estimated that 20% of the decline in home ownership can be attributed to student loan debt. We have jobs that have stagnant wages or that don't actually match the skill set of those in the role. And there's an ever-looming question of how to pay back these loans within the current economy structure so this impacts non-loan holders who want a strong economy you know if you want a strong economy you are a person who interacts with those who have student loan debt um, and whose income is you know going to student loan payments instead of to homes leisure activities whatever you know your business uh, might be so what are the options well I had really intended to get this episode out sooner, like I've been working on this for like six weeks, and I intended to have a lot more fleshed out answers to this question. However, it appears we may well be moments away from a decision from the Biden administration on what option will be selected first for us i was reading reports this morning saying that biden may enact a widespread partial debt cancellation of ten thousand dollars and potentially a further pause to repayments the ten thousand dollar cancellation was part of his campaign so that's not really a surprise Um, some reports are also saying that interest rates might be eliminated or lowered all of these are for federal loan programs only, so they would not apply to private loan debt. Um, what are some of those other proposals? While well, some advocate for forgiveness of all student loan debt, like Bernie Sanders, who has proposed for an increased tax on the 1% to cover this. Um, Elizabeth Warren and Chuck Schumer have proposed $50,000 in student debt cancellation. Um, Some proposals within this strategy cap who is eligible based on um, their current income. Others propose expanding current loan forgiveness programs, like there's one for those who work in public service, so some would just prefer to expand on programs that already exist. What I personally struggle with for some of these proposals is that they force you to name who is worthy or deserving of forgiveness, which is a slippery slope in my opinion. Everyone entered university believing it was the right choice to set themselves up for success, however they defined that. The amount we make after or the kinds of roles we are in as qualifiers for forgiveness create um, a scarcity mindset that says there's no way everyone could be freed from the burdens of student debt, even if there are unequal distributions of this burden. It is not something I've fully fleshed out for myself, and I don't want to operate on a binary of debt for everyone or debt for none. I think that's why it's taken me so long to put something together to get this episode out there. It's a sticking point for me when I feel like people stop considering ways to make the seemingly impossible a reality. We just we didn't get to the moon from a scarcity mindset. We got there from believing that there was something possible and that things could be different. Um, What about people who have paid their debt off in full already? Do they deserve financial compensation as well? The short answer is I don't know. Um, for me, I think if my loans were paid off today and there was loan forgiveness tomorrow, I'd get over it. Just because I suffered at some stage to make these payments doesn't make, make me believe that others should experience life the same way to make it feel more fair for me. Um, I'd be happy for those who received loan forgiveness because I know it would mean more opportunity for everyone ultimately. With student loan debt... I live in constant fear of running out of money (laughs) and so if others like me can be unburdened from that fear imagine what might be possible like literally turn that into a journal prompt if you struggle to support loan forgiveness because it wasn't an option for you or like if you just struggle to support it in general or if you're not really sure how you feel just turn it into a journal prompt so like what might the world look like if millions of people were unburdened from the stress and fear of student loan debt, what might be possible? What creating and experimenting and ingenuity might arise if people had more space, more time, more money to pursue their interests free from loan debt? Why am I invested in people suffering just because I have, or in the ways that I have? Or, you know, why why am I invested in keeping things the way they are? So I suppose then the next part, what comes after? Certainly, if some or all student debt is canceled, there will still be issues to address. The root of the issue is not actually the debt itself. There are so many factors, as I listed briefly earlier, that cause someone to need a loan Forgiveness will not eliminate any of these factors. The U.S. still needs to address the cost of education, the stagnant wages and inflation, the lack of free public higher education, the systemic racism inherent in all of these areas. It's a big bite when you think of it all like that. That's a big, big issue to tackle. It can be overwhelming to contemplate it all at once and to think about what you can do as one person. The only sound advice that I have is to read up on the issue and its history. Um, As I said, I've included some links in the episode description. And then get involved with organizations working to tackle the issue. The great news is you won't be starting from scratch. There are so many people already working on this. Um, So join a community. For me, the best thing I ever did for myself was to sign up for the Student Debt Crisis Center emails. They send out petitions and letter drafts um, for representatives. They host seminars and workshops. They work directly with senators and congressmen and women and people. They keep up to date with news of what's happening, which is important for me while I'm over here and I don't necessarily get the same information in the same way or at the same time or I don't pay attention in the same way. And it helps me to feel like I'm doing what I can while I'm physically away. Um, Invite friends and family to get curious as well. You don't need to have all the answers. Um, Your role can be to encourage curiosity. You can point them in the direction of you know, what, what helped you to learn. If we consider other possibilities for the country, we might not change our minds completely, but we might realize the potential for something new, where instead of begging people to recognize our inherent humanity and worthiness of living on this earth free from debt of money which is a system we've created for ourselves it's something you know we can come to revere our inherent humanity and value our inherent humanity as kind of the starting point for all of our policy Um, and so if we can get people to start considering things from that lens versus from a profit lens or you know however people might come to it um, I think that's that can be our roles is just to invite that sort of curiosity in and that um that get provide a space to to welcome people um to think outside the box so we'll see what comes in the next few days i am going to try to get this out like as soon as i record and edit so that i can seem to be like ahead of the announcement versus like talking about something that has already come to pass but i think actually in saying that I have a, f- a strong feeling no matter what happens, this fight will be far from over. Um, so get curious, get informed, because I think we're in for the long haul, as as we have been for, for decades on kind of how to figure out what to do about um higher education. So I will chat to you next time. Thank you so much for listening. If you have any questions or feedback, you can reach out to me on Instagram at anycrackpodcast, or I have an email, anycrackpodcast at gmail.com. I will be back soon to continue talking all things Ireland and America. Until then, will we have a bit of crack? (laughs) Bye.